SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hour number two of the morning after on this Thursday edition of the program. You're listening on Sirius XM, channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens. In hour number two, a steady diet of NFL news and notes entering week number 18. What is on the line this weekend in the regular season finale of the longest season we have ever seen in NFL history? Not just for playoff positioning, but also draft order. Yes, as college football comes to a close, the best prospects in the sport turn their attention to taking the leap to the next level. And so that is also on the line. Who will earn the number one overall pick for the 2022 NFL Draft. We'll discuss that coming up in just a couple of moments. We'll also check in on the tennis world because a lot going on with the Australian Open and Novak Djokovic and some of the response there. FanDuel's Kale Hammond will join us to look at both that story and where you might be able to still find some value now for the Australian Open winners and championships coming up in just a couple of days. And then we round out our number two with our man from FanDuel, Ryan Williams, for the final time in the regular season. Ryan's Week 18 winners and where the best edges are across the NFL slate, both for the doubleheader on Saturday and the entire Sunday slate as well. That caps off a great regular season, Week number 18. So we're going to see some news and notes over the next 24 hours about who is available this weekend, what the motivation looks like for each side, and what is at stake. It would seem for the Green Bay Packers, who have already clinched the number one overall seed in the NFC, that nothing really is at stake this week, especially on the road in Detroit against the lowly Lions. But that's not really the case because Aaron Rodgers yesterday and Matt LaFleur, the head coach of Green Bay, saying his starters are going to play, and not just for the first quarter like it's a preseason game or maybe the first half after they get out to a comfortable lead. They're planning on playing the entire game as of right now against the Detroit Lions on Sunday afternoon. So we have seen this line work a little bit now in Green Bay's favor. It opened at three, and there was some speculation that Aaron Rodgers and the rest of the starters would not play. It dipped to two and a half. Now it currently stands at three and a half points in favor of the Packers on the FanDuel Sportsbook. And again, that three and a half point spread right there is still an indication that FanDuel, at least, and the bookmakers themselves, not expecting Green Bay to put out their most prolific effort or that they will actually hold true and Aaron Rodgers will play all four quarters, all 60 minutes in Detroit on Sunday. Because if this was a game last week that the Packers needed to clinch the number one overall seed or a couple of weeks prior to clinch the NFC North, this would be at least a two-touchdown spread, even for the road team in Green Bay's favor, heading to Detroit on Sunday. But we see that spread at three and a half points right now. The over-under is at 44 and a half. It opened at 44, now up by a hook. So there has been some concern expressed by Matt LaFleur that because the Packers have already wrapped up the number one overall seed in the NFC postseason picture, he didn't want his starters sitting this week, And then next week on the bye to try to come back and get ready to go in the divisional round of the postseason at Lambeau Field. Aaron Rodgers said yesterday that it doesn't really matter. He would be ready to go regardless, but he looks forward to playing against the Lions. Their mantra, we're going to Detroit to win a football game. 
We want to win the football game. So a three and a half point spread right now in favor of the Green Bay Packers on the road in Detroit on Sunday. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. Hour number two of the morning after on this Thursday. Sirius XM Channel 159, the mightier 1090 out on the West Coast and all of our wonderful radio affiliates. I am Ben Stevens. Looking at the news and notes ahead of week number 18 in the NFL, the regular season finale across the National Football League. Focusing on a game right now with some news and the Green Bay Packers on the road against the Detroit Lions. The news is Green Bay is going to Detroit to win a football game and their starters are as of right now, says head coach Matt LaFleur, planning on playing the entire game. Now let's give some credit to the Detroit Lions this year. A 2-13-1 football team, but 10-6 against the number. Yes, 10-6 ATS. Good teams win, great teams cover. The Fighting Dan Campbells have been one of the better teams in the NFL this year, tied for the third-best cover percentage across the entire league. One of the two teams better than Detroit? The Green Bay Packers, who are 12-4 against the spread, 8-4 ATS as a favorite this year. Green Bay, meanwhile, because of that total at 44.5, they have gone over in five of their last six games. They have won five straight, and in those five overs, Green Bay has been averaging 36 points per game. So if it is true, and Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur are saying the right things, and Green Bay starters will at least play in the first half, maybe you look to a first-half line, a small line on the Green Bay Packers, or maybe a Packers team total in those opening 30 minutes. And again, the Packers have already clinched the number one overall seed in the NFC. There is a reason they are a more than $2 favorite ahead of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Green Bay right now to win the NFC Conference crown, plus 170. The Bucks, the second best odds behind Green Bay at plus 400. The Rams behind them with the third best odds at plus 450. The Cowboys plus 550. The Cardinals rounded out there in the top five at plus 850 as well. So Green Bay holds more than a $2 advantage in those odds to win the NFC title ahead of Tampa Bay. Packers right now plus 170. The Bucks plus 400. Again, we saw these two teams inside Lambeau Field last year in the NFC Conference Championship game. Might we see a rematch in 2021, now 2022? And what Aaron Rodgers said on the Manning cast on Monday should be noted. No fans last year at Lambeau through that game or a limited capacity could make a big difference this year. What also will make a difference? The number one overall pick in the NFL draft. That's next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hot on the line, weekend number 18 in the NFL that starts in just about 48 hours from now with a Saturday day doubleheader to start out NFL week number 18. We break that down, not just from a postseason positioning standpoint, but also positioning in the 2022 NFL draft. This is the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the SportsGrid network, I am Ben Stevens. So, a lot of the line this weekend, a lot up for grabs, a lot at stake. And even if you're toward the bottom of the NFL, you still have something to play for this weekend. And that would be positioning 
in the 2022 NFL Draft. And as we all expected, but was made official yesterday, one of the guys speculated to go at the top of the draft, maybe even number one overall, as a lot of mock drafts have, and as, as a lot of draft scouts are speculating, Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson, the talented edge rusher out of Michigan, officially declaring for the NFL draft yesterday. Hutchinson was the second runner-up in the Heisman voting, finished second in the Heisman, only behind Alabama's Bryce Young. He was third in college football this year with 14 sacks for the Wolverines, highlighted by that performance and at Michigan's huge win in the game over their bitter rivals in Ohio State. Aiden Hutchinson had three sacks that day. He had three sacks in a huge effort against Penn State. He had one sack in the Big Ten title game, seven sacks over the course of his last four games. No sacks in the college football playoff semifinal matchup against Georgia. But still, Aiden Hutchinson will be speculated to be the number one overall pick in this 2022 NFL draft. So not a ton of markets out just yet on the FanDuel Sportsbook for this upcoming NFL draft. But the one you are seeing right there, the odds to be the number one overall pick. Aiden Hutchinson right now is the favorite, even in a slight minus money way at minus 110. Aiden Hutchinson, the talented edge rusher out of Michigan. Kayvon Thibodeau, the very talented edge rusher out of Oregon, just a couple of cents behind him at plus 110. So it at least seems likely right now that one of those two very ferocious edge rushers will go first in the 2022 NFL draft. So how do we correlate those markets, right? You obviously need to know who is going to be selecting number one overall. And based on the results right now, if the season were to end today, the Jacksonville Jaguars would be once again the number one overall pick in this upcoming 2022 NFL draft of course Jacksonville last year taking Trevor Lawrence number one overall they had another first round pick and spent that on a running back in Travis Etienne the Clemson running back the teammate for Trevor Lawrence during his collegiate days as well it has not been a great year for Jacksonville the Jaguars franchise or Trevor Lawrence in his rookie campaign throwing away the football many times and many interceptions this year for T-Law but hopefully a brighter future ahead now that Urban Meyer is no longer the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was never going to work, and it did not work. Only about 12 or 13 games into this NFL season, Jacksonville fired Urban Meyer. That was a long time coming, and it was only 13 games into his first year in Jacksonville. So, still a bright future and a lot of young prospects to work with now for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, let's look at what the Jags have this weekend. Again, Jacksonville currently slated to be the number one overall pick or to be the team selecting number one overall in the 2022 NFL Draft. And this weekend, the Jacksonville Jaguars take on an AFC South team in the Indianapolis Colts. Now, the Colts still need a postseason berth. They have not clinched a playoff spot as of yet. And as you can see by those odds, a clear indication that Indianapolis should be able to get that done on the road in Duval County one final time for the 28th or the uh, week number 18, the 2021 NFL regular season. The Colts, a 15 and a half point favorite against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Interesting thing about Indianapolis going to Jacksonville, though. Indianapolis has not won in Jacksonville since 2014. That's not great. Even as a 15 and a half point favorite, that is not great 
for Indianapolis. Again, a clear indication that Jacksonville being the bottom feeder of the NFL right now and Indianapolis a good team despite a loss last week to the Raiders and a 15 and a half point favorite should win that football game. And if the Colts win, they earn a bid into the postseason in one of those final two AFC wildcard spots. And if the Colts win and the Jags lose, Jacksonville will wrap up that number one overall pick for the 2022 NFL Draft. But let's look at this game a little bit, right? Just to make sure we have an understanding of what we have before we dive back in to the upcoming 2022 NFL Draft. Because Indianapolis, again, a clear favorite here at 15 and a half points to win this football game against Jacksonville. But when you look at some of the trends entering this game, Jacksonville has been a dog in all but two games this year, and both of those games as a favorite came against the Houston Texans. The Jacksonville Jaguars have lost eight straight games. They have not covered in their last seven games. They have been a double-digit dog in four games this year, two and two ATS. Now, Indianapolis has only been a double-digit favorite four previous times this year. They have covered in three of the four, and they have won all four games. It's not like there has been a huge upset when Indy has been a double-digit favorite and the team that is booked as a double-digit dog wins outright. But their only cover, or their only non-cover, rather, as a double-digit favorite this season in the four previous games entering week number 18 was against the Jacksonville Jaguars in the middle of November in Indianapolis. Indy was a 10.5-point favorite that day. They won the football game, but just by six points, 23 to 17 so just things to keep in mind for whatever reason the Colts have struggled against the Jacksonville Jaguars they have not won in Duval County since the 2014 NFL season 15 and a half points again a strong strong feel that Indianapolis will at least win the football game can they cover 15 and a half points even against the Jags right now that remains to be seen but a cover uh, is not what Indianapolis needs. The Colts need a win to get into the postseason, which, again, ties us back to the 2022 NFL Draft. And as you look at those odds once again to be the number one overall pick in the upcoming draft, you will see the two edge rushers there, Aiden Hutchinson, who confirmed he is going to the NFL Draft yesterday at minus 110 as the favorite, Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon, the second-best odds at plus 110, and then you go down to Evan Neal, the offensive lineman out of Alabama, who is a freak of nature athletically in plus 650 to be the number one overall pick in this upcoming 2022 NFL draft. If it is indeed Jacksonville that is making that first selection in this upcoming draft, I think they probably go edge rusher, but there might be a market where they want to protect their most valuable asset, that being Trevor Lawrence, who they spent a number one overall pick on last year how do you do that you get him a strong right tackle or even blindside blocker from the left side of the line as a left tackle and that is what Evan Neal can translate to do for this Jacksonville Jaguars offensive line potentially but right now the odds indicating it will be an edge rusher that goes number one overall Aiden Hutchinson minus 110 out of Michigan and then you see Kayvon Thibodeau at plus 110 so let's dive into the draft order because again you see those odds right there in terms of some of the teams that will be available for this 2022 NFL draft the draft order entering week 18 as it stands Jacksonville has the number one overall pick Detroit slotted in that two spot Houston at number three, the Jets number four, the Giants number five. The Jags is a 15 and a half point underdog 
against the Indianapolis Colts this weekend. It will seem that they will hold on to that number one overall pick. The Lions only a three and a half point dog at home against the Packers. But again, if the Lions win, they don't flip with the Houston Texans, I do not believe. So the draft order remains pretty consistent entering week 18. A lot of motivation entering this regular season finale week in the NFL, not just from postseason positioning, but also how the draft order will shake out at the top. And right now, if the Jags lose, which they are a 15 and a half point underdog at home against the Indianapolis Colts, Jacksonville will hold on to that number one overall pick in the favorite right now to go number one overall, Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan at minus 110. Some tennis talk up next year on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Here on the morning after, we break down all the sports that you need to know, and that includes tennis right now. A ton of talk about Novak Djokovic and the Australian Open that begins in just about a week and a half. So that is what we will do on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid Network, I am Ben Stevens. It has been a very long time since we spoke to our tennis expert, Kale Hammond, but he is now back on the show to break down what is happening with Novak Djokovic, the Australian Open starting in just over a week. And then if Novak is not going to play, where we find the value on the board for the first Grand Slam major championship of this tennis season. First, Kale, thank you for joining us on this Thursday here on TMA. Yeah, thanks so much. It's good to see your face again. It's been it's been a while. It has been a while. We were just talking about a conversation we had back in the middle of July. It has been a long time since you are now back here in January, but we are glad to have you here, and we need your expertise and insight right now, Kale, because there has been plenty of conversation and discussion around Novak Djokovic and his medical exemption of trying to get into the Australian Open and really into the country of Australia as things stand right now. So, Kale, how would you sum up the saga around Novak as it stands a week out from the Australian Open? Yeah, all right. Uh, bear with me here because, as you know, this is an extremely confusing situation. Um, there's so much uncertainty surrounding everything. But, look, we know that Novak Djokovic is not vaccinated and he's not going to get vaccinated. Novak Djokovic believes that he, as a human being, is pretty much invincible to everything. And that's part of the reason why he's such a great tennis player. But uh, it's tough when you're ent entering a country with a 93% vaccination rate and you're just, you know, you're not even going to acknowledge that fact. Uh, we know that he previously had COVID in 2020. Uh, we don't know if he's gotten it again. We know that two days ago he tweeted, I'm heading down under with a medical exemption permission. We know that 26 players applied for the medical exemption to play at the Australian Open and that a handful um, have been granted, according to the CEO mm -hmm. of Tennis Australia. Um, he was detained at the airport while government officials investigated how valid his visa was, as well as the legitimacy of his medical exemption from the vaccine. Um, we know that Australian Prime Minister said there should be no special rules for Novak Djokovic. Rules are rules, especially when it comes to border control. No one is above these rules. We know that as of right now, his visa has been denied. 
um, and he was technically denied entry, but he is hasn't left Australia. He's there currently in quarantine, while a, a judge said that he would be allowed to stay until Monday, um, while they you know figure it all out and investigate the validity of the visa and the medical exemption. So that's about as far as I know. He's still in Australia right now. Um, it's uh, certainly a crazy situation, and once again, tennis seems to be on the headlines of all the news networks for all the wrong reasons once again. Yeah, it has been a very interesting and seemingly fluid situation right now with Novak Djokovic and all that goes into the Australian Open played within a country with its own guidelines and sets of permissions that we will see how it plays out. So, Kale, from a betting perspective, what's interesting to me is up on the FanDuel Sportsbook right now, Novak Djokovic still has odds to win the Australian Open, the second best odds at plus 145 right now. So what do you make of that? Is there an indication that Novak could still play in the Australian Open in about a week and a half? Yeah, so uh, two things. The fact that he is still there and wasn't immediately rejected uh, leads me to believe that there's definitely a chance that he's going to play. And more than anything, I think just for Tennis Australia, they, they need him to play this tournament for so many reasons, but I wouldn't put it past Novak Djokovic if he is denied access and entry that he will boycott the Australian Open for the rest of his career, which is a huge economic hit for that tournament because you have the best tennis player of all time who's somehow still in his prime. Um, so, look, you know that Tennis Australia is lobbying hard for uh, the government to let him play. There's going to be some crazy backlash if he's allowed to play. That is still unknown, but as far as the betting markets go, Novak Djokovic is sitting there as the second favorite. If if you are guaranteed a void if he does not play, I think that's a that's a phenomenal bet. Um, look, yeah. Zverev and Medvedev futures tickets holders have to be feeling pretty good about the uncertainty right now. But look, Djokovic plus one forty five. He's won here nine times. He's the defending champion. Uh, he at this tournament he's borderline Rafael Nadal at Roland Garros. So. It's going to be interesting. If if your book voids that futures bet, if he doesn't play, then ab absolutely, it's worth a shot. So, Kale, if he were, let's say there were no craziness going around Novak Djokovic right now, and if it was just a matter of tennis and getting on the court, what do you think the odds would be for Djokovic actually certainly realistic of him playing in the Australian Open. Would it be a plus money price or would he be a strong odds-on favorite to win this major championship? It absolutely would not be a plus money price. He would probably be minus 150, um, minus 130, depending, because Medvedev is, you know, winning a ton of matches. He's, he's a very, very good player, and so is Alexander, Alexander Zverev. Um, those three are the ones. I, I don't see anyone outside of those three having a realistic shot to win this tournament. Um, but most importantly, from an outright ticket perspective, what you're going to want to do is wait until the draw comes out. So as of right now, Djokovic one seed, Medvedev two seeds, Zverev three seed. So the third seed is actually randomly like shuffled. There's not a specific mm -hmm. order. The third seed is random, whether they're in Djokovic's top half or Medvedev's bottom half. So you're going to want the futures ticket on either Djokovic or Medvedev, depending on whose half Alexander Zverev is in. If he's in Djokovic's half, you're going to want Medvedev ticket. If he's in Medvedev's half, you're going to want Djokovic ticket because Zverev is, you know, he's one of the best players in the world. He could be anyone on any given day on any surface. So 
that is the way to go um, from an outright tickets perspective. Kale, is that a strategy you use for your handicapping in all big Grand Slam events in tennis, waiting for the draw to see where the value might be? Or is there something in the thought process of, okay, let's jump on this ticket right now because after the draw comes out, those prices could look very different. Yeah, and they do look different when the draw comes out because, I mean, tennis, it's just so important. You know, who you draw is so important. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if you see a good price pre-draw, Go ahead and take it if you think they're going to win the tournament, no matter who they play. But, yeah, I mean, the smartest, I think, futures tickets are had once you see the draw and you can – because they're not going to move it that much. You know, you still have to win seven matches in a row. But they will shift a little bit. Um, So if you can see someone has an easy draw, a clear path to the quarterfinals, and they're fresh entering the later stages of the tournament, that's definitely a good strategy. But outright tickets in tennis in general – you got to win seven matches in a row, you know. Some people have some success with them, but but it's it's sort of like you know playing the lottery a little bit. Uh, crazy things happen when you got to win seven matches in a row. Yeah, Kale, we talk about that all the time. We just had on our guy Cam Rogers yesterday to preview the start of the PGA Tour season, and when you're looking at the futures outright board, there's a difference between value and what might actually happen because in an individual sport. You need to be great, and it's one person that you're claiming that price to. It's not a team at the end of the year, and a lot of times they're very short prices by the time you get closer to tournament week. So as we look from the men's side to the women's side, Ashley Barty is the favorite right now at plus 480. Naomi Osaka behind her at plus 600. Any thoughts, Kale, on the women's side for the Australian Open where there seems to be, at least right now, a little bit less drama entering? (laughs) Yeah, certainly less drama Look, Naomi Osaka's in good spirits. She had, you know, the mental health break. Uh, on, on a hard court in full flight, she is the best player in the world. But she doesn't have that. Matt, tennis is like you cannot – you don't get to skip tournaments and months of competitive play and still perform at the highest level. It just never happens like that. you got to be in a rhythm in a sport like tennis because everyone is so good. Um, and Ash Barty, I think, is absolutely the odds-on favorite. She would be my pick to win. But there is something concerning with Australians playing the Australian Open. Man, the the pressure is so intense that you rarely see Australians win the Australian Open. It's just it's just the amount of pressure is insane. So that it would be the one. You know, I'd be hesitant to place a future ticket on Barty just because the the pressure is just too much for a lot of these people. Kale, you were telling us over the summer that what we just discussed right there, it's hard to pick an outright winner at times, even with dominant players, because of how long you have to go through the tournament, how many matches you have to win against some of the best talent in the world on the other side of the net. So how do you like to best bet any of these Grand Slam events? Is it live betting during a match? Is it waiting for the actual match itself? How do you go about your best bets for the Australian Open or other Grand Slam events? Only about a minute left here. Minute left. Yeah, I'm glad you asked me that. And I would say for these Grand Slam events, um, I, definitely the first rounds, they're so, players are so nervous. So go light on the first rounds. Do not bet too much on the first round. Watch them play. Once you see them play, you see they're competing well, they're in great form. Then you can start you know, making bigger bets on these players. Um, and lastly, I will say three out of five sets for men's tennis, it's a lot. And so if you have a player 
who wins the first set close, second set close, and it's a grind, it's a physical match. So often, if they get up two sets to none, they have a huge cushion, and they will, you know, if they don't get up in the third immediately, they will throw in a little tank and conserve energy, and it's a total fair play to them, but there's a ton of money to be had there by players tanking sets for rest purposes. Kale Hammond, our tennis expert here on the morning after. I'm sure we'll be talking in the next couple of weeks throughout the duration of the Australian Open. Kale, thank you so much for your time. Have a great rest of your week. More of the morning after up next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. One last chance for romance in the regular season across the National Football League. Week 18, just about 48 hours away. Yes, on a Saturday, a doubleheader to end out the regular season finale. So what time is it right now on the morning after on SportsGrid in Sirius XM Channel 159? It's time for our dubs. Ryan Williams, Week 18 winners, and I'm Ben Stevens. Glad to have Ryan Williams from FanDuel on with us right now to look ahead to the week 18 slate two games on saturday 14 to end out the regular season as a part of a very full sunday slate ryan postseason implications across the board spots in the playoffs on the line playoff positioning of course and even some draft orders that need to be siphoned through as well so we need your expertise here on a thursday on the morning after thank you for joining us once again yeah, it's a pleasure to be here, man. It's been a pleasure to be here all season long. Hopefully the people uh, have been winning some money. We don't have Thursday night football this week to talk about, but we do have some Saturday games to get after. And going into the playoffs, we'll have a Monday night football game in the playoffs, Ben. It's, this is an exciting time, man. And I'm happy to talk about Week 18 with you because I still think there's some money to be had on Week 18, even with the uncertainty with the teams having nothing to play for, some so teams. Absolutely so. And so no Thursday night football game. And Ryan Williams normally comes on on Thursdays and we break down the TNF slate and a couple of props that we like for the night. But the second straight week, we haven't had Thursday night football. So what does Ryan do? He says, we have two Saturday games. Let's get right into it. And he has two picks for the two Saturday games to start off week number 18 of the NFL regular season. The longest season in the history of the National Football League. And the first game up for the finale is the Kansas City Chiefs on the road in the Mile High City taking on the Denver Broncos. The Chiefs right now, Ryan, a 10-point favorite. KC needs a win to certainly clinch the number two seed in the AFC postseason picture. With a win and a Tennessee loss that seems unlikely the following day on Sunday, KC would grab the number one overall seed. So they should be motivated to put a little pressure on those Titans. You see that double-digit spread. What does it say to you, Ryan? It, it says we're, we're, we're going Chiefs, man. We got the, we got the chop going, and uh, we're going Chiefs here as a double-digit spread. Now, Ben, I know we've, we've talked about this numerous times, how much uh, how tough it is to take Kansas City when they're double-digit favorites because they do have trouble yeah. 
covering these large spreads. But going against Denver here, they have not had problems. You're looking at only uh, one game in the past five has Denver been able um, to beat a spread like this against the Kansas City Chiefs. I know the Chiefs are on the road, but I've talked about Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill's numbers. Tyreek Hill now two games removed from the COVID list. We should see him getting back into physical his physical ability with the playoffs reeling up. Uh, Travis Kelsey looked great as he returned back from the list last mm-hmm. week. Patrick Mahomes and this team can still play for the one seed if things go wrong with Tennessee. So a uh, lot to be at stake here with this Kansas City team. It's a divisional opponent. And they got Drew Locke on the other side. Perfect uh, quarterback to get this defense ready for for playoffs as they could, you know, get get a couple picks on him, maybe for some fumbles, and really feel good about themselves going into the playoffs. So really like Kansas City here laying the 10. Yeah, just a couple of weeks ago, KC was an eight and a half point favorite at home against Denver and Kansas City won that game and covered winning 22 to nine. Another stellar performance out of that Steve Spagnola defense. And of course, last week, KC had a chance to wrap up the number one overall seed in the AFC with a win in Cincinnati. Kansas City did not win and they were booked as a three and a half point favorite. That snapped an eight game winning streak for the Chiefs. It snapped a six game cover streak for the Chiefs. But Ryan, my question is more so about that double-digit spread. Because do you think there is a possibility where Kansas City, if they're up comfortably late in the second half, says, okay, Patrick, go take a seat. Travis, go sit next to him. Ty, you're good too. Let's put in Chad Henney and the rest of our reserves. Does that scare you at all about backing a team favored by 10 points? To a certain extent, I guess. But but Ben, when you're looking at it, like they're playing on Saturday, so they they have no idea what's going to happen in that Tennessee game. So I think that they want to have said. this game handedly in you know in their favor before they even you know come close to resting the starters. And even then, when we're looking at them probably resting the starters, that means that they're up you know well past the ten point mark um, that this spread is alluding to. So that's what makes me kind of you know really good about taking the 10 here um, as it could possibly, you know, creep up if we get any late news or if we get, you know, something weird with COVID happening. So we'll just go ahead and take the 10 without the hook or anything like that um, at this point where it stands. Yeah. Two fantastic points there that I just want to echo Ryan, because you're right. They're in that one-off scenario for starting out on Saturday in the first leg of that double header. When all 14 games are happening on Sunday, half of those in the early slate, half of those in the late afternoon window they're going to be playing simultaneously getting updates as they're playing in their own football game Kansas City can control what happens and then just sit back on Sunday and see what unfolds between the Titans and the Houston Texans so a great point there and if they're up by a lot meaning they will sit the starters they're probably covering that 10 point spread and just hoping that Denver does not come through the back door for a backdoor cover anyway the second game up the nightcap on Saturday Ryan we have seen tons of line movement it opened in dallas's favor at two and a half points on the road in philadelphia now the cowboys a touchdown favorite against the birds at the link on saturday night do you think we are getting the best of this number now if you are looking to back the underdogs in those philadelphia eagles 
Yeah, so this one is is one that I've I've kind of toyed with back and forth, Ben, and you, and you know how I am with these with these island games. You know, you really want to make sure you're doing your research here, and and you know, with Philadelphia getting seven, uh, the reason why I'm apt to take them, I know that a lot's been made of Jerry Jones, McCarthy, Kellen Moore, all talking about that the starters are going to be playing in this game, that they are playing this game to win, and to a certain extent, I do feel like that they are going to play this game to win. But when you look at the history of these two teams, the the home team. Uh, has actually won the last six games in this matchup. So mm. when we're getting seven, a touchdown spread there, and looking at what Jalen Hurts has done. Now, he hasn't had success against this team, but both of those games have been at AT&T uh, Stadium there in Dallas. So he gets a home game here to play in front of the crowd. Uh, he has passed for 300 yards in both of those games that he had suited up for against this team. And Philly, you know, for, for whatever it's worth, they still have been playing to win in their games as well. We've talked, we saw a lot of talk about Nick Sirianni potentially being a head coach, uh, coach of the year candidate this year. So, mm -hmm. um, and if this game does kind of get weird or, you know, whatever the case may be, I mean, Jalen Hurts could still be out there, but maybe they don't play Dak Prescott in the second half. Maybe they don't uh, play Ezekiel Elliott. And that could lead to, as you were alluding to with the Chiefs and Denver game, when you have Jalen Hurts on the other side, he could really put up points at the end of this game against the second stringers, you know, and Cooper rush is not going to, I don't think keep the offense going. Defenses look good for Philly. That's why I'm able to take the points here with Philly and feel good about it. Yeah. And some COVID issues for the birds early in the week. We will see who is available come Saturday night. We're not exactly sure who's going to start for Philadelphia, but if it's Gardner Minshew, it's not like the worst thing in the world that they want to rest Jalen hurts. And then I think Ryan, you get to a point for Dallas where they don't necessarily control their own fate either in the NFC postseason picture right now. Sure, they're playing in that standalone game on Saturday night, but the Cowboys need a loss from the Bucks and the Rams to earn the number two overall seed in the NFC. So maybe if they're up comfortably by a score or so late in the fourth quarter, they sit Dak, they sit Zeke, and they rest up for the postseason as well. Should be a great game and a bitter rivalry at the link. Philly fans on a Saturday night in prime time. That should be yeah. a lot of fun between the Cowboys and the Eagles. Another NFC East showdown. I say showdown almost sarcastically as a way to end out week number 18 and this NFL regular season. The New York Giants and the Washington football team. Joe Judge would tell you the Giants are the best team in the NFL and should be a Super Bowl favorite entering 2022. I'm not sure I agree with the judge himself, but the Giants, Ryan, getting seven points in their regular season finale against the Washington football team. What drew your attention to that spread? Yeah, so with this game, I mean, we're looking at two ugly teams here, right, Ben? Both of these teams have looked, you know, very porous offensively. I mean, you're looking at the Giants who just came in here into Chicago, and I thought Joe Judge might, you know, might not make it back on the plane the way that that team played. I mean, absolutely an abysmal game. The only guy who looked great was Saquon, who rushed for 100 yards for the first time, I think, in, in two years, which is actually crazy to think about. Um, but, you know, what we're looking at here is a divisional matchup with these two teams where the games are usually played close and also on the Giants side the Giants are five and one against Washington over the past three seasons the one win coming earlier this year Washington was able to win late with Taylor Heineke kind of getting them down the field and, and get that last minute win uh now you know when we're talking about this as well they have not Washington has not swept the Giants uh since 2011 
and that was the only time they've done it in the past 22 years been since two, two wow. since the year 2000 so a lot really not going in the favor of washington when we're looking at historical and then also the way that the giants played last week i think they do try and come out here swinging with whoever is healthy um they have had some injuries on their side of the ball um, but so has washington as well too so we'll see who suits up for them i know antonio gibson's banged up a couple people on the defense are banged up. So this being at the Meadowlands, I'm just going to take uh, the Giants or where where the Giants now play used to be the Meadowlands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not a, not a meaningful game by any means, but still divisional rivalries certainly count for something. The Giants getting seven points at home against Washington. A division still up in the air slightly is the NFC West. And we'll start with one of the games going on, the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle out of postseason contention. The Cardinals have already clinched a berth into the NFC playoffs. They would need a Rams loss and a win to claim the division. When you look at that total, Ryan, the Seahawks did not go over a ton early in the year, but now we're racking up points. They put up a 50-burger last week against the Detroit Lions. So as you see that game between Arizona and Seattle on Sunday, you lean in over or under for that regular season finale. Yeah, been in, in the last week of the season, it's really hard to take some of these lines. So we do look at teams that are still playing for stuff and we look at the we look at the game total. And at 48 here with these two teams, the way the offenses have been playing, it absolutely screams over to me. This should be a, you know, probably gonna close at 49 in the hook, maybe even get to 50 mm -hmm. as we get closer to if if these teams are both healthy. Obviously, Arizona, they can still play for the division uh the division if uh, something goes awry in that San Francisco and Rams game. So I think Arizona is going to be looking to get their offense sharp. This could be Russ's last game as a Seahawk. So he could be out there trying to ball out. Um, love points being scored in this game, taking the over 48 right now. If something goes crazy in that Niners and Rams game, well, the line has worked in San Fran's favor. Do you think the dog is barking on Sunday at SoFi? Only about a minute left. The dog is barking, Ben. You look at what Kyle Shanahan has been able to do against Sean McVay. And listen, I've been a Rams trooper this this whole year, truther. I've, I've, I've really liked the Rams. Uh, I still think there's kind of value in taking them to win the to, to win the NFC, even though they have to go on the road. But just this matchup specifically, um, we know the Rams are still going to get in, but the 49ers are playing for their playoff lives. I think they're going to come out here swinging. They got, you know, backs healthy now. I think Eli Mitchell, even though he's limited, I think he should suit up here. They're getting the four there and just what Shanahan's been able to do against Sean McVay with five straight wins, I believe. Uh, you got to like the 49ers getting those points. And then as you see on that board right there in the NFL regular season finale for the 2021 campaign, Ryan likes some points in a winner-take-all game between the Chargers and the Raiders. FanDuel's Ryan Williams every Thursday throughout the regular season giving you his winners for the weekend. Ryan, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. We appreciate your expertise as always. We round out our number two on the other side of the break right here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Welcome back to the morning after as we close out our number two here on the Spiz Grizz. You are listening on Sirius XM, channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens. Week 18 in the NFL. The regular season finale is on the horizon just two days away. It starts with two games, a doubleheader on Saturday. Postseason implications all across the board. So how can we maybe get ahead of the market when it comes to conference championships. We'll take a peek at that right now and guess the line. So we've spent some time this week discussing the idea of what is happening in the AFC championship market because the Tennessee Titans are a double-digit favorite on the road against the Houston Texans to end out their regular season. With simply a win, not a cover, but a win, Tennessee clinches the number one overall seed in the AFC. If you haven't heard, Derrick Henry is already back at practice, and thus you would have a bye to get even healthier, to have some time to rest, and home field advantage throughout the entire postseason push, hoping to get to SoFi Stadium and Los Angeles for a Super Bowl. And that can all happen if Tennessee beats the Texans this weekend. Yet, when you look at the AFC championship market right now, Tennessee has the third best odds to claim a conference crown at plus 450. The Chiefs are the favorites at plus 210. The Bills right behind them at plus 350, a full dollar ahead of Tennessee at plus 450. So the question right now, and guess the line, is where do those odds go by the end of this weekend? At the conclusion of the regular season before the playoffs even begin because I think if Tennessee does what we all expect them to do and hold serve as a double digit favorite against Houston on Sunday their odds at plus 450 are going to be closer to plus 350 maybe even three to one to win the AFC championship and thus some of that value still taken away from the team that will be the number one overall seed in the AFC postseason more than likely maybe this is your time to jump in on the Titans our number three happy hour here on the morning after is up next 